Welcome to Keep Taking Grow on the Saxophone Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Ryan, and we're back with season number two. Again, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone that tuned into season one and commented and shared the episodes and left comments and also subscribed to the uh, YouTube channel and followed us um, on, on Spotify. Thank you so much. You guys have really made this uh, something special. And I'm excited to bring you 10 new conversations this season. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, you can expect conversations with award-winning and in-demand saxophonists from around the world and across jazz and contemporary styles. Uh, the reason I started this podcast is because I believe that these award-winning and in-demand saxophonists know something that the rest of us don't yet know. And that's what I'm curious about. I really want to create a resource that would help you keep taking ground in your personal, professional, musical and creative journeys and just generally connect the saxophone community worldwide. Uh, so without further ado, uh, today's guest is an up-and-coming jazz saxophonist in New York, currently pursuing her master's degree in jazz performance at the Juilliard School. In 2015, she was awarded a full scholarship to study scholarship, sorry, to study jazz performance at the Jackie McLean Institute of Jazz within the Hart School of Music. Her college professors included well-known saxophone players uh, Javon Jackson and Abraham Burton. In the fall of 2020, she started pursuing her master's degree at the prestigious Juilliard School in New York. Uh, recently, she's been working with many renowned musicians, including D.D. Bridgewater uh, with the D.D.B. Big Band at the Detroit Jazz Festival, Ulysses Owen Jr. Uh, and Generation Y, the Mingus Big Band, Sherry Miracle and the Diva Orchestra, Emmett Cohen, Barry Stevenson, uh, and Jason Moran. Just to name a few, she's been playing in uh, venues around New York City, Small Jazz Club, uh, the Harlem Jazz Museum, Times Square, with a series created by the Jazz and Lincoln Center, uh, the Django Central Park, as part of the Key the Keyed Up and the Giant Steps Art Series. She's also had the opportunity to play with the Alto Summit curated at Jazz um, by Jazz and Lincoln Center and the Charlie Parker Jazz Festival. She's currently touring globally and plans to release her first leader album uh, this coming summer in 2022. Uh, it's my pleasure to welcome Sarah Hanahan to the podcast. Sarah, how are you doing? Hey, Jesse. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am great. Um, even better that to, to have, be having this conversation with you today. Um, Me, too. Me too. I You were one of the people that people requested to be on season two. So I put all this call oh. last at the end of um, season one saying, who who would you guys like to see on the podcast? And somebody mentioned your name and you, I think you responded and say, I'd love to do it, you know? So oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So um, it's, it's really a pleasure to have you on here. So let's start at the beginning. How did you get a saxophone in your hand? How did, how did it all begin? Yeah. Oh man. It's, it's crazy to think about the beginning. Um, yeah. My father, uh, he's a musician, a uh, really great drummer. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, he always he always was showing me music as a kid, a really young kid. And it would be anything from, you know, uh, Motown hits to, um, you know, Billy Joel, um, James Taylor. No, nice. <laughs> you no, know, Jackson 5, Temptations, all, all this whole, whole array of stuff. Um, yeah. Carol King, you know, a bunch of things. And then... Uh, he he loves big band. He loves jazz, and he he would show me jazz records uh, in the car. We'd take long road trips, and 
him and I would just be, you know, talking about the music and just, you know, fun things, just like bad daughter type of things. And um, I just loved the music so much. I I loved all kinds of music. I loved singing in the car and I loved musicals (laughs) and like all that stuff. And we just had fun, the Beach Boys, like all this kind of like fun stuff. But then um, I when I got a little a little bit older, like maybe around like six or seven, I started really liking, you know, instruments. Mm-hmm. And my dad would always play this like fun game with me where he would play a record and then he'd be like, who's soloing now? Like what <laughs> instrument is that? And I'd be like, oh, it's a trumpet or like it's a clarinet. Or... So I, I started developing my ears like really early yeah. um, because, because of him, but always was like really fun. And it was never, uh, it was just fun. We had a good time with it. So when I was like about seven years old, my, my dad, uh, we used to watch a lot of DVDs and he had these DVDs of the Buddy Rich big band playing mm-hmm. live at these great festivals in Canada. And it was all, it was just like great to watch. So he loved those videos and he used to play them. And I wasn't so interested at first, but then I started like becoming more interested in like sitting down and being like, what is this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just like, Oh, this is, he really liked them. So I kind of wanted to be in on that too. But I remember th- this moment where it shifted for me and I was like glued to the TV when I was when he was playing them. And it wasn't I love Buddy's playing because he's very theatrical when he yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just incredible to see and real like prodigy, mm-hmm. amazing drummer. But I love the saxophone. Um, I just remember I really liked the way it looked, you know, because I'm yeah, seven yeah. at that point. <laughs> but uh, I loved the way it sounded and his saxophone section was just so incredible anyway. And they would just take the most energetic solos and just everything about it. I just loved, you know, I just, I don't know why I, you know, but it just spoke to me. So when I was seven for Christmas, I asked my dad, you know, I really want a saxophone, you know, and he was, and he pulled the whole thing where like, you know, we opened all the Christmas, all the presents Christmas morning. And he was, and then I didn't get a saxophone. I was like, I was kind of bummed, (laughs) you know, some toys or whatever. And then he was like, oh, I think I forgot something. And he went upstairs and he, and he brought down my first saxophone. Wow. And that was, was like, at seven. Yeah, that was at seven. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I just remember pulling it out and, you know, putting it together and just like loving it, like right off the bat. Yeah. It was never like honk honk or it was kind of just like always, you know, it was like nice. Always. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And I, I just, I always loved the alto and, yeah. you know, yeah. I know that when you go through school and stuff, you start, a lot of kids start changing over to tenor or mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they might, some kids start playing flute or clarinet, woodwind doubles, things like that. Yeah, but I yeah. just all, and people tried to get me to do that. And I was just like, no, <laughs> I just loved the alto. Like I just yeah. never wanted to change yeah. or, uh, so that's kind of how it started and just, just went from there. I feel um, like if alto is, is, is that kind of instrument, like when it, when it chooses you, it's mm. like you, you kind of stick with it. Um, definitely. I feel like if a lot of times more tenor players like uh, venture into taking up alto um, mm. after a while, but like when somebody chooses the alto, it's like, yeah, I'm an altoist, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, it's, yeah. It's, I definitely I mean, felt like that. It chose me, you know, at yeah, that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, you started at a really young age and, and it's it's really beautiful to hear how, you know, your, your father's influence kind of um, helped you to well, help develop that initial um, appreciation and love for music in general and, and, and which led to you picking up the saxophone. Now, you've 
um, had the opportunity just to study um, and go through many different jazz programs and have many mentors. Can you just take a second and talk about some of those early experiences with jazz education in particular, maybe some of the people that were influential for you? Yeah. Um, you mean like more towards like before college or? Um, yeah, maybe like before college and even me going through that period of, of like doing it undergrad too, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, when when I was uh, coming up in high school, I I only went to public school. Um, I didn't do like an arts yeah. program or anything like that, which a lot of my friends now, they all did like some type of high school or thing like that, that it was like playing music was the, yeah, yeah. the big the big thing for them but it wasn't like that for me I just went to Marlboro High School in my hometown <laughs> luckily though I, we had a great uh, really great music program um and I was able to harness my energy uh towards that and yeah I really enjoyed that I also had some private teachers that helped me along the way um kind of get more serious about about the saxophone but yeah. It, I always knew I wanted to be a musician, but it wasn't really until college where I really started, you know, taking it very, very seriously. I was kind of a natural musician through high school. Right, um, right. I had really, I had good ears, and mm-hmm. and I loved music. I loved listening to music, and uh, I took lessons and all that stuff. But it wasn't until college where, um, like I said, I I really started getting serious about it and started getting those teachers who completely changed my life and the way that I play and mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. gave me so much guidance. So through college, um, someone who was really important to me was, um, Nat Reeves, great bass player, played yeah. with Jackie McLean, Kenny yeah. Garrett, Kenny Garrett. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. played with Sonny Stitt. Yeah. Uh, just, just the greatest, some of the greatest musicians, mm-hmm. Jeff Kane Watts, you know, all of them. He, uh, he, he, we always, I just saw him last weekend. He always reminds me when I see him, we played together actually in Hartford uh, he always reminds me, he's like, you know, when you auditioned, he, he, when I auditioned for the school, he, he left the room crying because it, oh, wow. it made him think of Jackie McLean. I, I had li- listened to a lot of Jackie McLean and loved his playing yeah, and we yeah. just always connected wow. very spiritually. Um, so yeah, during my you know first or second year, we started, you know, connecting outside of school and playing, I would come to all of his shows, and he started bringing me up on the on the bandstand when I was barely ready for any of it. And <laughs> I'd be standing next to great people like Steve Davis and you know Joe Fonsworth and uh, Eddie Henderson and all these like yeah. great people. And I'm like 18 or 19. And I'm like, better get, <laughs> better get it together, you know, pretty quick. <laughs> so he was a huge influence for me and someone who always believed in me and was always like giving me great opportunities even even when I wasn't ready because that's the things that pushed me to you know become you know a better musician and yeah. um I always say he he ruined me kind of because he's <laughs> such an incredible bass player and now I'm really picky about bass players because <laughs> I came I came up with him you know just playing such a powerful beat such a such an incredible presence as a person mm-hmm. and as a player and um you know he 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 really uh he just he really taught me everything I know about about the music. Wow. Uh, so so that was that was great. Just just naturally, not by words, but by bringing me up and by yeah, playing. Yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah. We would play in the park for like hours, just duo, and we would play like one song, and we would just keep going through it. Keep like you know, it's such a process. This music. So he was wow. something. I mean, like, that's really that's so powerful to have um, yeah. a, a mentor like that that was willing yeah. to 
invest that time because I mean, nothing right. is more important um, than that. And, and I think, I mean, what I'm hearing from what you're sharing is that you pretty much uh, was mentored and, and were taught process, not just the, the specific outcomes of playing in a particular way, but the, the time he would spend with you really would have ingrained that, you know, this is a process and that idea of, of mentorship. But I want to, I want to also stick a pin here because you, you mentioned, um, feeling like if you were unready for certain situations and I think, um, you know, music is such a communal thing and, um, that is the nature of community and family that we help the neck, the, 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 the others come coming up. Um, and I feel like if the idea of, you know, not being prepared for a particular situation, all of that, I, while I get it, I feel like if that's coming out of really like such a, like a business mindset, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. um, I just, I, I just wish we could see more of that kind of thing happening, you know, cause I, yeah. I, I definitely identify with that too. Like I've gotten so many opportunities that, uh, in some ways I wasn't ready for, but that's the nature of what we do, you know, as musicians right. and, and the community of, of, of musicians. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that's really like the lineage of the music and the, yeah. the tradition of the music is that, you know, you have bands like Art Blakey, Art mm-hmm. Taylor, who yeah. are taking Jackie McLean, mm-hmm. who are taking young musicians and saying, come, I'm yeah. going to, I'll show you, yeah. you know, they would be taking them on the road. That's how Nat learned. That's how my teachers learned Steve Davis, yeah. um, Abraham Burton. He yeah, played with yeah. AT, AT when he was 18 years old, I think, you know, well, that you, you're playing with some of the greatest musicians. That's really how you learn. That's really how you learn this music through osmosis, not through, mm-hmm. not through school or through, and you know, school is great for a lot of things too, jazz, you know, education is great. Um, but you know, this music has been passed down through our mm-hmm. ancestors. Yeah. Um, and that's the only way to really learn it and to really yeah. Uh, to really be a part of it and to push it forward as well. Yeah. Is, you know, you know, and you know what it feels like to be with the greats who were with the greats who yeah. were with the greats. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very deep connection and something I take very seriously. I can and, see that on a, on a t-shirt, the greats who were with the great, who were with the yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's him. a good t-shirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. A, um, so what was this about Jackie McLean that, that uh, attracted you to his, his playing, you know? Yeah. Um. Well, I just remember hearing Jackie in high school. I had this, I had a teacher who made this CD for me of his record called four, five and six. Mm-hmm. And I honestly never even got past the first song on the record. I don't even <laughs> like, I still haven't gotten past the first song. This first song wow. is called sentimental journey. And I remember just, you know, hearing that and just playing it over and over again, just the way he plays on it is so incredible, so melodic and the sound. I just remember being completely captured and like mesmerized by that yeah. alto play. Cause I had love, I love Char- Charlie Parker and I, that's really like one person I was checking out a lot was Ch- Charlie Parker and mm-hmm. Dexter Gordon and people like that. But then when I heard Jackie, I was like hypnotized almost. I was like, what is this? Wow. You know, and I literally don't know what else is on that record. Cause I still <laughs> only listen to that one. <laughs> Cause it's like incredible. Um, yeah. And it, and so I remember that. And then I think the other thing I heard about from his was this great blues uh, called Bird Lives that he plays like maybe a few choruses on like five choruses. And it's like one of the greatest recorded solos of all time. It's like just incredible. I have I to should... check that out. I haven't. I haven't oh, man. It. It's okay. beautiful. It's on his record called Dynasty. 
right right, right. And, oh yeah okay yeah yeah and like the melody is like the the melody is like you know incredible and then he just he rips and it's like wow. meaningful you know yeah. it's not yeah. like yeah. it's not a bunch of notes like he he met every one of those phrases it was like powerful and that, yeah that level of intensity i had never heard before mm. um coming out of a saxophone really yeah you know yeah. like that um you know and i loved cannonball and like i love cannonball i love i love bird and they you know they each have their their own things that i love about them mm -hmm. but that kind of that kind of hard playing yeah. was like whoa i was totally taken aback by um by it and just by his language as well he loved charlie parker he's charlie parker disciple so he he took what charlie you know he took everything he learned from bird yeah and then you know continued with you know things he learned from my all these great people yeah. he was around you know so yeah his his thing is so deep and i just remember being like wow this is totally different like i don't even know what this is just being completely <laughs> interested um and then you know and then i went to school and at the jackie mclean institute in hartford and then oh. when i started meeting all of these people who played with him like my my main teacher abraham burton they started talking with me about him and just the legacy and and I was like, wow, this is really powerful. And it only got me more and more into it. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I just love his playing, but you know, it just, I think too, going to the school really solidified, like, yeah, wow, he's yeah, done a lot, yeah. not only, not only for the music, but for the community in Hartford, he started the whole jazz community there and it, you know, it's living today, which is like yeah. incredible. So hmm. I think that really just deepened everything for me. And, you know, I got to was mentored by people people he mentored so it's kind of mm -hmm. like this waterfall effect of like um you know i feel a part of that family and that dynasty yeah. as well so that's amazing yeah. you know yeah. the the it's so cool just chatting to, about um chatting with you about this part of your of your journey um you know the the name of the podcast is keep taking ground um and i want to kind of shift the conversation a little bit and and ask you what have you been in pursuit of musically, uh, creatively, and like maybe even professionally and artistically? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Something I'm searching for every day. Mm -hmm. um, I think as of lately, I've been conceptually changing a lot. Um, I think I'm maturing as a person. And so that's really helping my playing mature as well um and i'm also you know you just start gaining different perspectives and you know i also i live in new york which is like the hub of like great music mm -hmm. so i hear a lot of music i love and a lot of music i maybe don't like as much but i you know i i can take things from that too mm -hmm. so i think right now where i'm at in my process is really kind of trying to solidify like who am i and what is my voice mm -hmm. um which is something that's very important to me because I love the tradition and I love the lineage of this music. And now I want to keep going with it. Um, and with the most pride and respect uh, possible. So I think, I think that's something I'm really focusing on in terms of concept, something I'm, I'm working on and something I speak with my teacher Abraham a lot about too. 
we it's been a pleasure because I've been able to play in the Mingus band um, mm -hmm. recently, the Charles Mingus band, which has been just an incredible experience. Mm -hmm. But Abe, uh, he plays second tenor in it. So we've been doing this weekly gig and I feel like I'm back in college almost where I'm getting <laughs> like a weekly lesson from him. Yeah. Because he's so hip, he, he doesn't tell him, it's not really about the notes for him. It's about these little things that he'll tell me that will just kind of pull my coat and change mm -hmm. my whole, like, oh, okay. Like I remember a couple of weeks ago, I, t I had taken a solo and he, he talked to me afterwards. He was like, he's like, that was, that was cool. He was like, he was like, pace yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. This is little thing. And I was yeah. like, and it just was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's right. You know, now you get to a certain point where I'm at a certain point where I have a lot of language and things that mm -hmm. I can contribute. Yeah. But I I can't give it all away right at once. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, have right. a, you have to spread it out. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's just these little conceptual things that I've been really working on. Um, something else I think about a lot is just like melody, like mm -hmm. melody of, of the instrument. And I know I te technique is very important. I'm I'm heavy into that, too. But, you know, just at the end of the day, like I want to play something that people remember and makes people feel good, makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's like just playing really melodic. I know when I play too much or I'm I'm bogging down on my horn, <laughs> it doesn't feel good for me. I'm oh. like, I just want to sing and I want to yeah. feel um, like I just happy and like, I just want to sing. I don't know what yeah. it is. I don't know what we're going to play, but I want to just say something nice on it. Say yeah. something that I mean. So yeah. those are the kind of things I'm thinking about now. And less about like what note do I need to play on this <laughs> E seven chord. I'm just I'm just uh, kind of more thinking, you know, broad broadly, conceptually and, and mostly about my sound, my concept and who, who I wanna be and who I wanna be in this long line, lineage of yeah. incredible musicians. Um so that's kind of where I'm at with, with some of the yeah. stuff I'm working Amazing. on. Amazing. What do you yeah. feel um is something that has become part of your uh musical dna so to speak mm. i think um that's a great question i think uh well there's so many parts of my musical dna that that i've taken little pieces from everybody mm -hmm. i've worked with and everybody i've listened to yeah um i think that's a really big thing for me is like seeing the whole spectrum of like these incredible well we have so much information now on the internet and mm -hmm, records mm -hmm. and stuff taking little things that i like from everybody and also taking little snippets i like from my teachers and people i trust you know people who have taught me and mentored me mm -hmm. taking everything just being like okay file that away file that away file mm -hmm, that away mm -hmm. right and now i have this kind of ability to not so much focus on what one one thing does for me take a lot of one thing but have this more i have a little bit of everything and now i can mm. be me so it's hard musical dna i'm i'm still working on it i'm still i'm still yeah. adding to all that stuff and i'll yeah. never stop um, well i mean i think what i'm hearing you say is is that um that 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 idea of um the ability to take many things and synthesize it um yeah. has become something well it has been something that you've been 
kind of focused um on doing because i mean i think in co- in contrast I've, I've heard some people just kind of focus on one thing you know yeah mm-hmm. um but i definitely think taking that approach is at the heart of what this music is mm. um and it's also just a smart thing to be a versatile musician you know it, it kind of gives yeah. you different perspectives and different skills yeah. um Absolutely. to to work on so it's it's definitely um refreshing to hear you say that and it's it's, it's kind of a reminder to, to myself as, as well you know i I didn't grow up surrounded by jazz. I grew up in, in the Caribbean. And so I kind of came to it a little bit later. And um, my desire to try to learn the music um, sometimes was a little bit myopic. Like, this is what it should sound like, you know. So I'm, I'm, I, I, too, am learning. Um, just kind of open up my palette and check out different things and different approaches to, to the music and, and all of that. So it's definitely cool yeah. to, to to hear you share that. Um, yeah. You, you've... I, I think it's important too, mm-hmm. just to add to that. I think yeah. it is important too to sit with something for a while. Like I, I've sat with many things for, for a while. I'm still sitting with stuff like, yeah. you know. But yeah, it is. I see a lot of times too in terms of, you know, jazz education and kind of like younger people, yeah. including myself we get kind of stuck on one, one track. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so much, like, there's so many, especially the saxophone, there's so many textures, colors, approaches, mm-hmm. um, you know, lyrical, lyricism, think there's so much things, you, so many things and approaches you can take to the saxophone. So getting like, it's cool to sit with that. But then, you know, for me, at least I'm just speaking for myself. But yeah, no, I like to say, okay, I'm going to sit with this, but I also like, you know, you got to check out some other things too. And it's only going to help you. It's only going to, you know, broaden what you're already doing, you know, which mm-hmm. is really important. And it's going to, you know, round you out as a player. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. Just, just my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love it. What have been some of your favorite um, experiences, uh, just like working with other musicians, like being on tour and, you know, you yeah oh man uh so many so many great so many great experiences <laughs> like wow i mean i mentioned it a little bit earlier but but uh playing with the mingus band has been yeah. just such a treat for me lately mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um playing with some of like really the baddest musicians in the world <laughs> and just on the planet um like yeah. including uh philip harper um conrad herwig abraham burton jason marshall mm-hmm. david lee jones wayne escoffrey Oh, just yeah. like it's incredible and i so many more that i, I haven't listed Don, donald edwards um yeah. dave kakoski all uh, lucas curtis a bunch of oh, yeah. so many yeah. incredible incredible people mm-hmm. um that it's been so inspiring for me every week to be sitting there and just being like wow like mm-hmm. looking around just being like i'm learning i'm learning so much it's a great it's great music i'm learning so much about charles mingus's uh, history and his lineage as well which has been mm-hmm. fun for me checking out all the songs and really d- diving into the music um the, i've just been having so much fun it's been a real real treat for me i've been re- really enjoying that mm-hmm. um and other and some other things i've been doing I, i've been having a great time uh, i went on the road with ulysses owens jr mm-hmm. a little while ago we did his generation y band which was so much fun we went yeah, to Bern, yeah. switzerland um and we, we played a week there and just every night it was getting hotter and hotter and hotter and we were just bringing the heat, bringing the fire. And, um, yeah. I just had so much fun learning some of his music as well. Um, 
and learning from him too on the bandstand and kind of you know we would have little conversations afterwards that would that would be like okay cool like he'd be like you know check this out check this out and mm-hmm. i'd be like cool and i'd come back the next night i'd have something different you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. um just so many fun times with great musicians and i'm just really enjoying this process in this part of my life as well where i'm doing more traveling and mm-hmm. more playing and um i always love playing with my band as well which is like my time to kind of take everything i'm learning yeah and say all right now this is this is what i'm feeling this is what this is what i'm hearing now yeah let's play the way i'm hearing it but it's all these things that i've been you know developing and mm-hmm. um you know thinking about so just so many great i've had so many great experiences late as of lately you know it's been a real privilege and yeah, yeah. How, how how long ago did you move to to new york so i actually so i graduated from the jackie mclean institute yeah. in the spring of 2019 okay and then over the summer i was doing a lot of programs i did like the betty carter jazz program yeah um i did um jazz aspen with christian mcbride and a couple of other programs so i was gone for a long long part of the summer but yeah. around september i was in new york and i had moved and got my apartment and so yeah so i was in new york for about huh, maybe eight seven eight months mm-hmm. before the pandemic right um right, right, right. and it was just it was a crazy time i was loving being in new york because I would I used to drive from uh Hartford to New York like all the time to see my teacher play to see yeah, like yeah. I just care I just loved the music I was just coming down mm-hmm. and we would I'd bring my friends and we'd all drive back to Hartford at like 3 a.m 4 a.m <laughs> or whatever just like just total mess but we just wanted <laughs> to hear people play and like how long was the drive it's like two hours no, from New York not bad. so yeah. it's not bad but like yeah. when you're tired you know yeah, <laughs> at like yeah, 4 a.m yeah. it's not great either <laughs> so um <laughs> So we would like drive out here. And then when I moved to the city, I was like, this is great. It's all, all at my fingertips. You know, I yeah, just take the yeah, train yeah. and I'll be out all night. So I just had a great time meeting people. I would play like as much as I could, mm-hmm. um, learn, learn a lot of tunes, um, to see, see music, like just hear music. That was like a big thing for me. Just, oh, I got to hear this person. And that would influence me in all types of ways. Um, so I had a great time for about eight months. And then I moved right back home. <laughs> <laughs> the oh. pandemic hit we headed out of new york because it was a hot spot yeah and then i was home for a little while okay. and i moved back to new york again in august of 2020 so it was about maybe like six seven eight months seven yeah. months at home yeah, yeah. during the bad part of covid and then yeah. i had that head back to the city so it's been a really wild ride for me i i don't even really know how long i've been here feels like a while but it's only been a couple of years i guess so so little pandemic in between but yeah still navigating that no how far is um what was the city you grew up in again your hometown i grew up in marlboro massachusetts marlboro Mm -hmm. yeah so how far is is marlboro from let's say like boston from boston it's it's only about 30 minutes it's really close Mm -hmm. cool 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 um have you um how do you compare the two scenes like let's say like in, in boston yeah um because i know that a, you know there's berkeley in boston there's a bit yeah. of a scene there so you know like have you been around right. that scene you know i grew up kind of like in boston a lot i used to mm-hmm. play at you know good conservatory the prep mm-hmm. school there. right yeah yeah yeah. And that, that was great we did like a big band thing i learned a lot there and um 
And then, yeah, and I have friends who went to Berkeley, and, like, I was always in Boston when I lived in Massachusetts, mm -hmm. and sometimes when I was in Hartford as well, but I learned very quickly that Boston is, like, it has a great scene, there's, like, some great places to play, there's mm -hmm. a lot of musicians, so you, you know, you have to kind of, like, hustle those places. Mm -hmm. I never really got the chance to, because mm -hmm. I just wasn't, I wasn't really there, um, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. mostly just in Hartford, and I was playing in Hartford and kind of yeah. just focusing on that scene, which they have a great scene as well. Oh. Um, but then, yeah, when you get to New York, you know, it's like, same thing, there's a lot of musicians, but there's places to play and, um, you know, you kind of, you just have to, you know, go out and, you know, do your thing. I think they both have great scenes and are both valuable depending on, you know, what you want to do and where you want to live to. Very different cities, actually, just living wise to Boston's yeah. completely different vibe. Um, and uh it just depends what you want but both great you can make music in both anywhere yeah. really so yeah 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 so we talked earlier about you know, something that that has become part of your musical dna um mm. you talked about synthesizing all of these different influences um so my guess is that you're really talking about that process of transcribing and listening and just like absorbing all of that would you mind just kind of talking about your process a little bit yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, transcribing, I, I think it's a great, it's a great um, tool to, you know, learn the language of the music and yeah. something I still am doing a bit and in a different in a different way now than I was mm -hmm. maybe like when I was 18. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was like 18, I would really or like even younger I, in high school and all that, I would focus on the language of the music of Charlie Parker, the mm -hmm. way he addresses certain chords you know yeah. type of structures mm -hmm. you know things like that like real technical and kind of getting that under my fingers so now you kind of know how to play on like a rhythm changes or you know you know how to address the chords on a blues you know you have to get the language that's a big part of the music is like the mm -hmm. language something you know that never ends and i'm still i'm still working on but like as i um as i started, was developing more I realized, you know, that my time at certain points might be better used if I was focusing more on like the phrasing and the the sound mm. and like the space actually. Not mm. so much the notes, but like when when he or she is not playing. Yeah. How how like let me check that out. Let me see like when they when they pull away. Yeah. That's really valuable and something that I'm working on all the time is so when mm. to stop, yeah. not when to go, but when to stop <laughs> We're going all the time. It's like, yeah. Yeah. But when to like, when to pull away and say, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, stop. Cause you know, yeah. train stopped and it was yeah. powerful. Yeah. And you know, all those guys, miles, everybody, everybody bird, when yeah. bird stops his phrase. It's like right where you should stop the phrase. It makes yeah. perfect sense, <laughs> you know, but we get, yeah. You know, as humans, we get so sucked into the study of like notes, 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 mm -hmm. and what to play that we forget about what not to play. Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm kind of interested in. I'm always transcribing, mm -hmm. um, and I'll transcribe now. More of my transcribing is about listening, more than like can I play this on my horn. Mm -hmm. um, it's more just about. I remember one time I listened to impressions with my teacher, and he was like, "Check this out." Train plays there, stops, plays there, mm -hmm. plays there, stops. 
it was more about the movement. It's kind of like mm-hmm. boxing. Like it's yeah. more about when you come in and yeah. um, how he ends the phrase. Not so much like, oh, did you hear Train play that F to F sharp? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, there's so much more to this this incredible music yeah. and tradition. So that's kind of like more what I'm focusing on now is really listening um, to some players that I admire and want to um, kind of ingrain their phrasing and mm-hmm. things like on ballads and things like that, how people are playing, you know, because that that's really important too and something I'm I struggle with, but I'm I'm always working on, mm-hmm. you know, how like Gene Ammons will play a ballad and he's not playing like bebop lines on a ballad he's playing like melody and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's he's being lyrical yeah, phrasing yeah. you know and he's playing colors and textures and you know he's bending he's growling he's playing subtone like now that's how you express yourself on the mm. instrument yeah people aren't like yeah they you know he she played a wow they really outlined that sus chord you know <laughs> like it's so much it's so much deeper than that so mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm, kind of what okay. i'm focusing on right now in my process yeah. and a big part of that as well is just the tone the sound something that um i really am focusing on as an alto player as well um and we, we i know we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. We, should we do that now let's do it let's, let's do, do it, it. Yeah. yeah 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 so yeah, so I guess just one of the things that you and you and I were t- chatting about earlier, yeah, or we, before we played too, is like before we started is um, yeah. just alto, alto players listening to alto players. Yeah, because like I was yeah. telling you, you know, we we all get so sucked into like I love tenor players. Don't get me wrong, I love mm-hmm. Train. I love you know Paul Gonzalez. I love Illinois Jacquette. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Cats like dexter gordon mm-hmm. i love i love the tenor but sometimes too for me it, like there is you have to accept that it is a different uh texture it is a different mm-hmm. you know approach because yeah. like really the the horn you know it's, it's different. Um, it speaks different you know speaks so. differently right exactly it has yeah. it has something else to it and those guys yeah. Yeah. they knew it mm-hmm. and they were you know they were um using their strengths with the horn you know low b flats on the ballad and like mm. milking it and stuff like that but you know johnny hodges and great benny carter great people like that they didn't play a ballad the same way because it's mm. not really it's really difficult to it's not really the same it has a, the alto has a different milk to it it has a yeah, different yeah. <laughs> tone that you can co- totally bl- knock people out with it yeah but yeah, you have yeah. to you know figure out how you're going to do that so one thing I've been I've been working on a lot is kind of really sitting down and listening to some alto players and you know getting that like well I want to I want to play a ballad um, with a lot of t- color and texture mm-hmm. might not be exactly the same color and texture that Gene Ammons is getting on his horn but it could be I could kind of do that and kind of do like what you know Johnny Hodges does or what you know even the way um Bird plays a ballad is like really pretty and like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. completely different so how can I kind of get that on my horn and my tonality and what I'm hearing as well that's mm-hmm. something I'm I'm you know shedding on a lot yeah so uh you know like I said earlier too it's all about it's all about sound one thing I do that um you know and I'm just talking about my experience and things that I like but Absolutely, one thing yeah. that I 
has definitely helped me is um, when I practice, I not all the time, but I use headphones. Mm -hmm. So for example, like if I'm transcribing, like a, if I'm, you know, working on a melody of Sonny, a Sonny Stint melody, or yeah. I really like the way he plays this slow blues or something. Mm -hmm. I might put my headphones on um, and I'll be learning it. And I'm not so focused on the notes as I am about the tone mm -hmm. and the sound and the color. So am I matching his color? Can I can I match his color exactly? Right, right. Um, and that's what I'm going for. That's what I'm trying to do is, you know, get to the point where I'm the sound really matters. And I'm able to get all these all these textures out of out of the horn. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. So like, it, same with Bird. I try to sound exactly like Bird. I'll try to sound exactly like Jackie McLean. And then when I go on and play, I'm not going to sound like any of them because I'm not them. I'm myself. But I have the information and I have the sound. I remember one person said to me, let let your sound carry you. Mm. Like, let your sound carry. Sound is everything. That's that's what that's what they're going to hear. And that's what they're going to go home with. They're not going to go home with the, the notes <laughs> like sound, you know. So wow. that's that's wow. been my my concept lately. And I've been. um really focusing on that in terms of transcribing instead of so much about okay when am i going to play or do this in 12 keys and that stuff is great too and i'm I'm still working on that but yeah, there's you know yeah. i go in and out of these these concepts and focuses as well yeah i'd like to go a little bit deeper i know you have some some videos that you you want to share to just to yeah. kind of demonstrate that process because i think there's th this is such uh, an abstract concept um, in many ways, and I think different people would come at it at, at, at different uh, different ways, and they might they might get different things from here. And you share it, but there's something special about just kind of seeing it in practice. Um, I, I know that I definitely learn a lot by just seeing some seeing and hearing someone do do something. Um, so, would you mind just kind of just uh, sharing some of, of the videos that you have prepared and um, just kind of mm -hmm. talking talking us through? how you're thinking about the, how you're approaching it and the kind of things um, you're trying to get out of the exercise. Absolutely. Yeah. So this first video I want to share. Yeah. Um, I did this video a little while ago during quarantine and I was, I was getting haunted by this melody, by mm. this song. And I was like, what song is this? I couldn't, I just couldn't remember. And it was, I'm in the mood for love. And it was bird playing the melody. I just yeah. like loved it. Um, and so I went and I, was like, well, I really want to learn this and kind of like, what is he playing on this? I was just so curious. Yeah, so yeah. I learned it, but I was also at the time too, my sound was a little bit harder and I was trying to figure out, well, how can I, how can I get this sweet sound and tone that bird is getting? Cause that was what was haunting me about the mm. song was his, his sweet, his sweet color. Yeah. No, it wasn't like, oh, what notes is he playing? It was like that, the tone of his saxophone was what was haunting me and I was yeah, hearing it yeah, in my head. Yeah. So I was like, you know, let me see if I can get it like this. And it's it's some, you know, I'm still working on it, but th this was a little a little video of me trying to emulate him. Yeah. You know, in yeah. terms of his color and the way he, he phrases and things like yeah. that. Let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
that's it. That's yeah, all yeah. he took. He took two A's and it was like the most perfect solo. <laughs> like yeah, it yeah. was just incredible. So like even when I'm listening to that back, I'm hearing ways I can improve on the tone. Mm. But things that I was doing at the time, like when Bird, um, when he kind of goes up higher, he pushes a little bit more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he he when he's up higher, he's pushing the air a bit more. And when he's lower, when he's low, it's pushed, but it's it's kind of um it, it kind of rests a bit more. Right, right, right. So yeah, if yeah, I yeah. say but so it it kind of is about the accent, the push, the pull. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm noticing that when I'm listening back again, how I could do it, how I could do it more and more intact with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a phrase in there where he, he said, right? Yeah. So it's about, it was about that air, the tone. You're going to approach that differently. You know, the first yeah. notes are going to be a little bit smoother. Yeah. Going to yeah. give it yeah. some more, yeah. come back, give it some more. So those are the things I'm, when I'm tra- transcribing, I'm trying to emulate that. So that if I'm, if I'm out playing, you know, and we're playing, could be anything about yeah. polka dots and moonbeams. <laughs> I might want to say, yeah. you know, now I have that timbre. I have that tone. Yeah. I can go. That's an yeah. option. You know, I love the notes too. And he plays an incredible song. <laughs> those see, those are the kind of things I'm thinking about. So I tried to get that sweeter sound, um, yeah. which is so hard. Cause he's just so incredible. But <laughs> mm. I mean, <laughs> so I, that's I, I really like, um, this as a, as a concept, um, I found I found that um, when I was developing early as an improviser, um, I tried to get to language without understanding the context um, of that language, which is the harmony and Definitely. the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I find that for me you now, and where I'm, where I am in my development, taking a step back and understanding the context the harmonic context of the language is is more important many times than just the language it, it itself um mm. and, and and i see some parallels here with this sort of uh attention to phrasing and feeling and sound so in 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 some ways you're putting less stress as you mentioned on the, on the notes that you're playing but the the context or the vehicle for the note, which is the phrasing and and all of that, which is I think is like the building blocks of 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 uh, the language and and the communication is sort of like this universally accepted, uh, well the universal language of 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 music, the, the the phrasing and and the feeling and all of that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're you're right on. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's called a process for a reason, uh, mm-hmm. too. You know, there's. There's no right or right or wrong way, in my opinion, but there's like some helpful steps that can get you moving forward, moving to like I guess the ideal spot of really sounding like yourself. Right. But learning language and just the actual language of the instrument—that's that. Of course, that's like the first step. You gotta yeah. know how to do it and how to how to go about it. But then you know, as you start developing that, now you can connect it mm-hmm. to okay, this is the harmony, this is the language that I know. Mm-hmm. This is this. These are the sounds, or maybe the shapes that mm-hmm. I like over this certain harmony, which mm-hmm. you know I like too. But now you're develop, you're continuing to develop that, and now you're saying, how do I want to play it? How do I want to phrase what I know right. already? And right. how can I get 
to more meaningful solos more meaningful passages things like that 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 that's um a part of transcribing i don't think people talk about enough is like the sound and like Mm -hmm. the phrase and and the stops like i said when does when does bird stop you know he stops and it's hip and it's like that's right that you know that's what he does you know and so that's that's why the music is so great because he's not just it's not just going he's not just it's not just you know whatever yeah it's like it's like this is a purpose this is this is what i'm this is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah it's this a composition for sure say. and when i listen to to bird or even somebody like um like jack mclean honored coleman uh, uh sonny rollins or or even like dick oates um i hear such a it sounds like speech it's not like if they're, they're having a conversation especially like coming from the the caribbean um I don't know, there's something about, like, the way that Dick Oates plays that reminds me of, like, a Caribbean person that's speaking, you know, like, the way how they, how, it, how it flows, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so there is... just just be, that, that, That's something that, that I really um, connect with, you know? Do you have um, another video to share with us? Yeah, absolutely. I, I got yeah. a couple, and they're all a little bit different, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll explain why. Sure. Um, this next video is actually... Uh, I'm I'm playing. Uh, did it go to the next one or? Oh, here we go. This next video is the one that uh is a a video of me playing um a Jackie McLean solo that I spoke about earlier actually. Yeah. Bird lives, and I had learned this solo like I've learned it a lot and I I know it. Mm-hmm. But when I went back to record this little video of mm-hmm. me playing it, I was mostly just focusing on the sound. Mm. um and you know all these videos uh are me recording myself and playing the the track in the background so you can't exactly hear it but from my perspective the only thing i'm listening to is like does it does this sound like one person right now Mm -hmm, does mm -hmm. it sound like because that's a concept that's like a that's a just a way of learning it's just a an avenue you can take you know can you sound exact can i get exactly like that yeah which is great because now you have that yeah, and you know you're never you don't, you don't never sound like exactly like somebody else, but yeah. that's what's special about it is that like you can really check somebody else out, and now now you have that ability, you have that tool, and now you can go be you know who you want to be, which is yeah. you know, important as well. But this is me playing his solo, and the thing I love about this solo is the sound of it, the tone, but the phrasing, and also what he plays is so bad. So I'm gonna play this for you. Cool. It's really short. It's just a little snippet of it, but yeah. That's it. Ooh, yeah. So and like, no, I have to go check that out. <laughs> oh man oh my god that's one yeah. of my favorites of all time yeah but the way even like the way i can tell when i'm listening this is interesting for me as well to speak about it and to to show myself because yeah. i'm actually critiquing myself as i'm listening to it <laughs> but versus the bird video i'm pushing the air i'm zipping the air mm. much more through the horn than i was in the than i was in the bird video at certain points in the bird video i was adding that but like jackie he was zipping. Like, yeah. 
Zip. You know, so now that's a different approach. So now, you know, if we're going to, if I'm out on the scene and we're going to put Cherokee at 400, now I have that zip. That's something that I, now I can do that if I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, when he stops, um, I'm going to just place a certain part of it. Yeah. But something I like to, that I think about conceptually as well, this is a blues. We're Mm -hmm. always playing blues, as you know, in Mm -hmm. all keys and different things like that. But something I always like to think about, and if you listen to like really like the great, the great people, the last two bars of the blues, like they never really play. They always Mm -hmm. stop. So it's about kind of stopping at the end. You come back in at the top with Mm -hmm. your phrase. Doesn't have to be on beat one, but like there's always this pause at the end of a blues. Mm-hmm. Kind of let the rhythm section reset. Boom. Right, 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 and we're right. back onto the next. Huh. So I'm gonna just show this little part. Yeah, that that messed me up when someone told me that one time. They were like, You ever notice no one the greats never play at the end of a blues? It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so then I, you know, me, I'm like, no, I'm like, no way. So I start going through all these records that I love, Train, Jackie, Bird. They never play at the end of a blues. Wow. You know? you know, sometimes they might go into it from there, but it's, yeah, it's yeah, a part yeah. of, like, it's a part of, you know, and I'm ne- not never. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I get it. There's, but, a, there's a, a moment of, of a sense of, of, of rest and resetting that happens right. in the freezing. Exactly. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm play this part. <laughs> rest. Top. Yeah, right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that last phrase, that's it. Let me just back it up a bit more. That's the phrase. Yep. And he comes back in at the top. Yeah, yeah. Pause. You know, there's like, the, you know, so it, that makes it more powerful. And even this is fast. And he's, every chorus, if you check it out, he, there's something at the end where he says, phrase, that's it, period. Yeah. Sentences, conversation, yeah. like we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Sentences, period. Now I'm going to press the tab button. We're going to go to the next, next paragraph. Right. <laughs> period. Next yeah. paragraph. That's the kind of stuff that is also important about the language of the mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. besides the notes and what you're playing is like mm-hmm. the phrase and the stops, you know? So that's another example of something that yeah, I love about his playing and about all of them, but yeah, um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I really like this concept, Sarah, just because. I think a lot of times there's a good disconnect, sorry, um, between the the developing the craft of playing the the, the, the instrument and this music yeah. and mm-hmm. then just how the average person connects to it. And I think uni- music is a universal language and these kind of things help uh, make those connections of how people might hear the music and something like that where just... I think is what I'm trying to say is we're just finding the balance between digging into the craft of the music and then communicating that in a way that's universal. You know, we talk in yeah. paragraphs and, and in sentences and, and phrases right, and right. in conversation, there's natural pauses. Um, and I think there's something about this that anybody could connect to because of that sort of uh, natural uh approach of like speaking through the horn you know absolutely yeah Yeah. that and that's just like 
you know, what we're talking about is like kind of something that nobody, that not a lot of people are discussing in terms yeah. of transcribing, you know, yeah. it's most, you know, because of the in- institutions and things like that, it kind yeah. of becomes more about just like the what of what you're playing, mm-hmm. not how you're playing it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm always thinking about the how, mm. and I'm always thinking about the feeling. Like, yeah. does it feel good? Does it sound good? Right. You no, know, does it? Mm. Does it, you know, do I feel good when I'm playing it? Do other people <laughs> feel good when they hear it? You know, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to show this last video. Sure. That I, think. sure. I might sure. actually show a quick two, uh, just two more really quick ones. Sure. Uh, this next one is uh, Kenny Garrett. Nice. Um, great. You know, incredible auto player. Um, Kenny Garrett song that I love. This is from, let's see. Is it the songbook? I don't know. I don't think it's songbook. Um, yeah. I'm, I lost it off the top of my head. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a. I think this might be from African Exchange student. I have to. Oh. I have to double check. But it's. It's. This is a great. A great song. This one's called uh, Charlie Brown Goes to South Africa. Um, and I remember oh, hearing it's, a, it. It's. It's. Uh, I remember in a second. Yeah, I know the album. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't. You know, all of them are just incredible. But. Yeah. Something I love about Kenny's playing and I can take away from his playing. I love a lot of things, you know, I'm always, like I said, always taking away from everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love, sometimes I just love the way that he just sings on the horn. He just yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. some of yeah. my favorite parts of his songs or of his solos are when like maybe he just vamps on one chord. I mm. love, really love the way he can like sing on the alto specifically. Um, that kind of, it's emotional. I like that. It's soulful um the album is called like, simply said I simply said yeah yep. thank you simply <laughs> said thank you thank yeah. you um and i remember hearing this song and just being like wow there's there was a certain part of the solo where they kind of you know go to this like vamp section and like every time i hear something that i like of his um i mean i like all of it but mm-hmm. like there will be some stuff where we'll be playing a ton of changes and it's like mm-hmm, super mm-hmm. bad but the stuff that really speaks to me is like the one, like when he'll go play on like one or two chords. Yeah. Because I just yeah, like yeah. that melody aspect of it and the, mm-hmm. the way he he uses his own voice as well to um, sing on the alto is mm-hmm. really important to yeah. you know the lineage and the history and stuff. So this is uh, what I was focusing on on this video. Same was just sound. Can I can I get that? He has a completely different sound than Bird and Jackie and like can I can I kind of manage to go on go on this path a little bit mm-hmm, if i want mm-hmm. to so this is a little bit of that even right there inflection uh, yeah right right and yeah. that that's all him that's all that's all you know that's what he likes to do so yeah. like, how can i get how can i sing that too he doesn't just say pita yeah says we yeah. are right yeah which is like a completely different yep, different yep, timbre. yep. even the first note it's very sweet mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. from there so
oh, I just added my, <laughs> my own at the end. But that's that's how I, you know, that's how I'm getting inspired and how I'm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, now how can how would I play over that now instead? And that's I always like to do things like that. Like I'll learn a I'll learn a solo, then I and like or something or like a f- couple phrases, then I'll play the track. But I'll play what I what I'm hearing over yeah. it instead. And I'll let you know the track will still be going on as as normal, which is mm-hmm. which is really fun. And that's a part of this process for me too. Yeah, um, but like I, when I'm listening to that, I'm also critiquing myself and saying like the way that Kenny plays the palm keys on the saxophone mm-hmm. is a little bit sweeter than how I was doing it in the video. I could work mm-hmm. on that. Something like he put he it's very smooth when he plays mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Another thing I hear too is like he's going from these kind of long phrases to then a little bit more a little mm. more bebop phrases so yeah, how is yeah. he articulating those and how is he how is he tonality how is he going from one to the other yeah yeah and he's also making it really fluid too so how can i go from mm-hmm. how can i do that fluidly like like he is so yeah, that's yeah. you know this is all part of like the same conversation right yeah like, absolutely you know, tone one of the things that that stick out about kenny for me is like um the way how he's able to find this sweet spot in between linear melodic playing and like harmonic sort of um playing like i remember when i was in high school one of my first uh in- introductions to improvisation is that my, my high school teacher would give us uh will take a scale and she would give us three to five notes from the scale and just okay just use those to create some melodies and so my initial integra- um introduction to improvising was a very, very sort of linear, scalic, um, melodic approach. And it took me a while before I, I, I would get into like understanding the harmony below it and how to play from that place. Yeah. And so Kenny, Kenny was a real connection for me between those those two things, you know, which are just yeah. very different, I guess, like the, the clip you played b- before with, with Jackie McLean. Um, it's a different melodic approach, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, and, you know, you're you're right, like, Kenny had those Kenny has those abilities to you know he ha- he has a deep deep harmonic understanding and that also is what allows him to play so melodically mm-hmm. because he chooses to and that's what's important to him but he he's able to do it in such a powerful way because he does understand understand the harmony at the same yeah. time if yeah. that makes sense yeah, but Jackie absolutely. has that Jackie and Bird have that same thing that's where he got it from really yeah. you know yeah Jackie, you know, he has the ability, like he's playing the crap out of the harmony on on that one thing. But mm-hmm. I'm actually about to show one last video yeah. Yeah. where he's playing um, this song called A House Is Not A Home by Luther Vandross, like a, kind of a pop song. Yeah. And he's just singing on it. And I'm trying I, to emulate it. I can't it. wait to hear it. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm I'm trying to emulate it. And yeah. so he has those those abilities, too, to play very melodically and very, you know, soulful. But yeah. that's because those those gentlemen they understood the base and the foundation of this is the harmony this is yeah. the language yeah now they're able to do whatever they want with it which mm-hmm. is so beautiful and that's really the I- ideal point that you can get yeah. to it's knowing yeah. your instrument knowing the music knowing the spirit the soulfulness so well that you can play what you want yeah you know? and i just yeah. think that's beautiful but here's a little version of jackie mclean playing a house is not a home which um goes to the the same point that of what you of what we were talking about earlier um just in terms of 
of melody. I only learned the melody of this. He takes an incredible solo on this as well. Um, but like I, when I was practicing, I was like, I just need to learn the melody. Yeah. Like the way he's playing it is like oh. just so powerful. So check this out really quick. yeah man <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm wooing at him not me yeah, but he, yeah. you know, he is just, wow like and i remember hearing that and just being like wow like blown away because mm -hmm. like you're saying because i'm realizing too i had learned so much like really bad like burning stuff of his mm -hmm. and i was like you know just jaw drop like yeah yeah playing only a couple notes and the, the lines he's putting in between two are like really melodic, like mm -hmm, coming mm -hmm. right from him. But they they address the harmony and the, the melody so perfectly. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like like, like some stit language in, in, in there the, as, as yeah. well. But it's just like, yeah, whew, it just yeah. feels so good. I mean, I think f for me, one of the the the. I guess the goal of, of music Goal is not the right word, but like one of the purposes of music is to uh, cognitively shift us um, and help us to believe, help us to 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 heal, to to trust, to mm. to to connect with things that transcend us. Absolutely. And for me, that just took me to a totally different place. Just listening um, to that, and and that's that's one of the reasons. Um, why I think music is so important in, in society and musicians and artists are so important. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a really good lesson right now. We're going through a really tough time in the music industry, in, in the world in general, you know, but I'm yeah. um, going through this pandemic. I know a lot of young musicians, um, probably some older ones too, but um, people that are around my age that are having a hard time with seeing their way, like through the music industry and um, having being a little bit discouraged with about how they would connect with audiences and make music and share music and make a living in, in music. But um, that clip right there, I know we're talking about transcribing, but that, that clip yeah. did, they just oh, reminded me about man. just the importance of music, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. man. I feel, I feel the exact, every time I hear it, I've been hearing it for years. I feel the same way. Like yeah. once I rediscovered it when I made that video, um, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I had rediscovered it. I, I was just knocked out again yeah. like knocked out because 
so much like everything you're saying is right on and so much of about the music for me is the feeling mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and meaning it you know and I, yeah i hear that a lot too is like how to connect with an audience i think you can play whatever you want to play as long as you really mean it like mm-hmm. as long as they can feel how your your sincerity and your just how genuine you are mm-hmm. you know, just being yourself being honest um mm-hmm. you know melody feeling that's all it's all there spirit it's yeah. all there that's what makes my heart move the most you know well yeah Ooh, uh, i've had such a such a, a great time chatting with you i feel like if this is probably one of my favorite episodes ever uh oh, since, since the beginning of the podcast i mean i can just feel your your, your passion and your excitement for this music and the tradition and um just the, the little bit you shared with your your process and all that i feel inspired to to keep taking ground in my own personal oh, journey I, I have to dig into to jackie and and oh yeah more absolutely. as well you know oh, yeah yeah um i want to wrap up this conversation um by just playing um a little bit of a rapid fire question game great yeah let's so do it i'm gonna ask you a couple questions and um just give me short answers hard read with small uh, chamber mode piece or large chamber mode piece with soft read? Uh, big tip, big baffle, medium hard read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I was going to ask you something about New York, but I won't go there. I'll, 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know I'll, I'll, go, I'll go wherever you go. <laughs> no, let's, I'll, I'll do this. Share with our audience three albums that were really influential for you, two saxophone players that were really influential, and leave us with one piece of advice. Great. Three albums. Uh, yeah. Jackie Mac Attack Live. Mm-hmm. Jackie McLean. <laughs> Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else we got? Songbook, Kenny Garrett. Mm-hmm. Great. Just yeah. love that one. Yeah. Um, closest to the Sun, Abraham Burton, my teacher. Oh, cool. Yep. Cool love it Amazing. so many Amazing. more i can't even get into yeah, it. i can't even yeah, think yeah, about yeah. the ones i missed right now but <laughs> yeah um two saxophone players yeah bird mm-hmm. you have to you have to because it's yeah yeah <laughs> father um i don't know if i can name a second because i have so many in yeah in well i mean you, you talked about jackie mclean so much in this episode of course of course i love jackie so yeah. many great so many yeah. great saxophone players. All right, we will default to Bird and Jackie for for for. Bird and Jackie, yeah, we'll, we'll default, <laughs> right? But there's so it's too many to name. Yeah, yeah, and just leave us with one piece of advice. One piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Keep being yourself. Mm. Keep being yourself. Be honest and enjoy the process. Mm. Never be afraid to grow. Yeah. And yep. pl- melody is key. <laughs> that's it <laughs> yeah 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 you know that's what right. i'm i'm from this episode i'm getting so many merch ideas now just ah. <laughs> i have to rewind and find them all you know right right um, if i ever do that i have to send send you a, a shirt for, oh man for absolutely i'd rock yeah. that man well it's been such a pleasure chatting with you sir thanks for taking the time on a uh on uh, today to chat with me and um where can or where and how can people connect with you online yeah, um, I'm I'm a heavy Instagram user okay. and a Facebook user. 
Um, you can find me at just at Sarah Hanahan, just my full name. Okay. Um, and then you can also find my website, sarahhanahan.com. And it, you know, lists where I'm playing next. Yeah. Um, you can check out some music of mine that I have on. I haven't, I'm, my upcoming, upcoming album release is happening soon, but I have some tracks and things like that on um, SoundCloud. You can find that through my website. Awesome. But uh, if you ever awesome. want to talk, shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook and yeah. uh, I'd love to to chat. Awesome. You know, um, what, what, what do you have um, coming up soon that you want to share? About? I'm actually heading to Switzerland uh, on Monday which oh, I'm wow. really two days, which I'm yeah. really excited about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm playing with some great local musicians out there. Um, I'm also playing a couple, couple, you know, great gigs in New York coming up, um, yeah. playing at Rutgers College uh, okay. with the, the Rutgers big band, a couple mm-hmm. weeks, the Diva Orchestra in a couple of weeks. So nice, all good nice. things. It's, the spring opens up and it's just glorious. It's so much fun. So a, lot, <laughs> a lot of good things coming it. up. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. 